I'ma give it to you tasty. Bread it up, fry it, and dip it in the gravy. You want fat fish? Yeah, you know you want to try it. Dip it in the butter, make the fat count higher. Higher, higher, higher. Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as the iPhone X. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95. And they do sunglasses too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. You can choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way, you can try all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. Daniel wears Warby Parker, and now he can actually see me. And I'm considering a divorce. Hey! So to get started, head over to warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Again, that's warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Warby Parker. Modern eyewear made simple. Thanks a lot. This is Grizzly Kiki. I'm Robert. And I'm Daniel. Did you miss us? I know. It's been like forever, hasn't it? We had like a little bit of a Bushwick hangover. So we, hangover. Took, a, we took a week off. Yeah. We have um, a lot of um, Bushwick content coming toward toward your way. I know. What is it? <laughs> six videos this year? Six videos. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be great. Amazing. We have new segments, new content. We might have a whole, like, we might have a whole YouTube series out of one of the ideas for the videos. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see if you all, if you guys like it. Yeah. It was also, I think, the only year that we've done interviews on both days in drag. Right. So it was kind of amazing. But let's talk about Bushwick later. Let's catch yeah. up. Um, well, I have been a little MIA kind of mentally and somewhat physically. Uh-huh. Because uh, I am now, it's the third week at my new job. Uh-huh. Um, and it's been stressful and amazing. Okay. Um, and really interesting. Uh, now I'm working in the for-profit sector of the art industry. Oh. Um, at a commercial gallery um, that deals in Japanese ceramics. A, and a tycoon. Yeah, so I'm I'm no, no more Muppets, just clay, clay, and clay, and it is so heavy sometimes. Like you really wouldn't believe how the clay is heavy. Well, the pieces that are made from the clay. Okay. Um. Well, obviously, right? Because it's ceramics. Oh, clay. <laughs> uh, right, porcelain, stoneware. Um. So I've uh not only been kind of back at my activities when I was at a fine arts museum. I'm just I've lost a lot of weight since I started this job, uh-huh. at least five or six pounds. So that's good. Uh-huh. Um, but I also feel like I'm like awake again. And like I thought you were blaming the weight loss on your job. I was like, what does that have to do with? Well, because of the because of the physical activity. Oh, yeah. Like I literally have not had this much physical activity since I was at like my job at the Hispanic Society. Ah, so you know I'm handling objects. I'm in charge of packing, shipping. It's it's really been um great. The hours are killer, but I don't know. It's something um like I'm I'm willing to put in the effort, you know, and I feel I feel useful. That's good. So I'm excited, and the pieces are beautiful to look at as Mm. well. So yeah. Maybe I'll see them one day. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I'll let you in. Maybe. If you have an appointment. Um, I'm still at the same job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I want to give a quick shout out to Chile because the the day that we're recording it is the Chilean Independence Day. And because we're doing keto, we can't participate, unfortunately. I mean, we could have found a way to participate if we really like prepared ourselves. But I was like, I'm not making Chilean. I'm not making keto empanadas for some bullshit. I don't want keto empanadas. Like, if we're going to have Chilean yeah. food, I want Chilean food. Well, let's put a pin in that conversation because I have more to say about all uh, of that. Um, but yeah, I'm at the same job, but I'm still doing my Duolingo. I'm learning French. Parlez-vous uh, français? Oui. Oui, un peu? Oui. Je parle un peu? 
Um, sure. It's weird because I have anxiety about speaking the language now for some reason because I'm not actually talking to anybody when I'm learning it. I'm ta- I'm like learning from a robot. Just the voices in your head. I'm trying to think of like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. So, yeah. I was going to say I speak French to my phone. Uh, je, je, parle, je parle français. Uh, Amon mobile? Amon mobile. Mo, I think it, or, no, mobile is Spanish, isn't it? No, I think in French yeah. it's also mobile. Je parle français or mon mobile. Yeah. I think. Yeah. There you go. A demain. <laughs> we taught you a sentence. <laughs> um, yeah, so... I'm, I mean, I'm learning it. I think I'm probably just going to learn how to read it. And then, mm. you know, I, I just, I have to be honest. I don't see, like, I'm, I'm purely doing this because I read somewhere a million years ago that learning another language um, is a good way to, um, is a good way to help you not develop Alzheimer's, which is not something that runs in my family anyway, but I'm just nervous about it because I've seen the toll that it takes on other people Mm -hmm. so um i just i would rather not develop alzheimer's or dementia and so i know that like reading and stimulating your brain and doing like little mind games and stuff Mm -hmm. are um that's one way of doing it and oddly enough i downloaded an app i think we both had the app Oh, it's where you strengthen your mind. I forget yeah. what the app is called, but um, it was, uh, obviously we <laughs> it, right. We did a great job, um, but it was harder to commit to that app than it is to do. Like I do two lessons a day in mm-hmm. Duolingo and it takes like three minutes. Well, because there was no progression in that app and I can't remember what it was called, obviously. And but they kept being like, oh, spend five ninety nine. You get to unlock this new game. And I'm new like, puzzle. how? Yeah, no, it wasn't like it, it wasn't. I mean, I, I haven't done Duolingo, but I'm, you know, having had to study foreign languages in the past, like, you know, you like, you know, you start out with just like vocabulary, then tense yeah. and then conjugation and conversation and all that. And so there is this progression and Duolingo um, seems to do that, whereas this other app and a lot of those memory apps, because I've downloaded like some other ones because mm-hmm. my memory is not so as yeah. hard as that is to imagine. Um, but there th- there's no um, trajectory. Yes. It's just a game, a game, a game. And it's like, well, what are you like trying to teach me with this? You know, whereas like with a language, you're strengthening your mind, you're developing another skill and you know where you're headed. Right. With this, it's just like, I mean, some of the games were fun, but you know, I don't, I don't need a game to teach me where things are in a suitcase. It's weird because like I'm at this point, I'm just continuing with the French lessons without really thinking about why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Because I know that deep down inside, I'm not 100% committed to this. But, but that's I, great. But I don't know why I'm not 100% committed to this. Well, also, cause... why can't I apply that same logic to working out? <laughs> I mean, I guess working out doesn't take two to three minutes a day. No. But um, I mean, also, it's yeah. like, you know, we may not be working out, but, but... oh, because we're doing keto. Yeah. That was your segue. That was my. Se- oh, why are you like I, I thought, up my spot? I'm not blowing up your spot. I thought we were still talking about oh, my I'm friend. Sorry. I thought, OK, well, let's go. So let's talk about keto. OK, so do you know how to say ketogenic diet in French? No, I don't. No, neither do I. Ketogenic diet. Ketogenic M- music. The the other thing music? before we before we go that that made me think of musique whenever they say um you know like j'aime la musique or something like that I'm like okay I can tell that this word means music mm-hmm. like it's so close or like or they'll do like croissant and I'm like girl I I know that I, I know that that means croiss- mm-hmm. I know what a croissant is it's spelled the same way in French it's a croissant um it's a croissant. So, um, (laughs) um, it's funny the way some of the things are spelled. And then I, I try to do the same mnemonic devices that I use for English words to remember them. And I'm like, Ooh, you're fucking this up completely because you're thinking of a completely different word and it's not like, it's not helping. Mm -hmm. It's not helping you remember what the word means or anything. Also a lot of like when you learn from a textbook or a program, like 
nobody actually speaks that way. Yeah. I mean, think of the ways, you know, like we speak in Spanish, for example. Like every well, region is here's different, the thing. every country's different. There are ways there are ways for you to interact with other people who use use Duolingo and whatever language you're learning. The thing is, I feel like they're also like elitist and they show up and correct your grammar and shit. And it's like, okay, fine, Ew, fair. Really? really? Yeah, they show up and they correct your grammar and I'm sure that it's helpful on some level. But mm. I sit there and I will I read my whatever like whatever sentence I'm going to write. I read it out to you first. Mm-hmm. And then I make sure that it makes sense. I'll put it like I'll write the sentence out and then I'll put it in Google Translate. And if it translates back into English properly, I'm like, great, we're good here. But then I don't hear anything back. Mm -hmm. Like they do these cute little caption this picture thing and they have a crazy, they have these crazy things that they put up there. There's like, you know, you'll be learning about like um, how to talk about if you're going on a vacation and there's like a zombie staring at you while you're learning. And it's like, um, what are you doing here, sir? Whoever designed that was just like having fun. Yeah. Being like zombie. Boop. French and zombie. And what was the French Madonna? Um, one of them looks like uh one of the characters looks like Jinx Monsoon. Is either Jinx Monsoon or Ben de la Creme. The zombie? No, not the zombie. Oh. They're different. <laughs> There are different characters depending, like, there's a different character every time you're, you're like, moving throughout the app. So, like, you'll be asked to translate a word and mm-hmm. there'll be a, a character staring at you. And the character has nothing to do with so weird. what you're learning. That, that's fucked up because that could lead to, like, weird associations. Well, yeah. With things because, like, I don't know, let's say... I don't know, they're teaching you how to say microphone, but every time they say, say microphone, they show you, I don't know, a toothbrush. It's like, like every time that there's a, a phrase that's like, oh, this is um this is my daughter. There's like a construction worker staring at me and I'm like, um can can it be somebody else? It's like so are you like the guy who's coming to pick up his daughter for your first date? Possibly. Like and they know. they're missing teeth and you can tell that they're like balding. They, it's very like for as oh, as simple as simple as these cartoons are, some of them have black eyes. Like it's very intense. I don't if anybody else uses Duolingo, I wonder if the um if the the illustrations change depending on the language. Um and I guess I will find that out because I'm determined to learn either I'm d- determined to learn Japanese at some point just because I, I was want actually thinking I should start doing that yeah, because of my new job. I I want to I want to test I want to test that out because I'm curious about learning a language where it like the the visual component is like character mm-hmm. they're like yeah. like little pictures basically I learned the name for that the other day but i forgot it like oh. what their alphabet is called oh yeah but so i'm really interested in that but let's talk about keto ketogenic so we are ketogenic right now it's, it's been violin. it's been three weeks i know um the monkey glands are working uh <laughs> Aww, Jennifer, Jennifer Tilly. Tilly, which we'll get to later. Yes, more on, See, more on her. There in the are future. connections. Yes, on this episode. Connection. Um, um, so yeah, we so we were inspired by our friend David, mm-hmm. the famous photographer. Oh, famous photographer. Famous photographer. He had a lot of success doing the mm-hmm. ketogenic diet, um, coupled with uh, exercise. Obviously, he's mm-hmm. he's like building muscle it's and literally stuff. like honey i shrank the david yeah like um crazy. and so we decided to try that because like we were just you know trying a little bit of everything and nothing was really working and you know i'm tired of being i'm tired of expanding mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. vertically mm. how do you feel vertically horizontally sorry horizontally oh through me um how do i feel about the diet or how do you feel about doing anything i mean i like it it i mean i i don't like dieting i guess Uh, it's just it's like a weird thing like i like fruits i like vegetables like you know it's never been like garbage 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 but as i've gotten older i've have become a really bad snacker yes and and i don't know why i'm gonna blame it on you i don't you know but um, well i mean i will take responsibility (laughs) for the fact that Ice cream was not a big mm -hmm. staple in your diet before we met. You definitely brought ice cream into my life. I don't regret it because it has been yummy and, you know, snacks are delicious. I'm a salty person in more ways than one. And I enjoy a salty snack. But anyway, I would I would go like insane with snacking, whereas my meals were not. I mean, there was that time I ate a whole stick of butter and a bagel. Well, but 
Hold up a second. So before we moved in together, I remember we used to FaceTime every night when we first met. And you used to snack. You used to snack all the time. And you were the type of snacker who you're the type who would like snack over the um, Mm -hmm. over the sink. Yeah. Which is not a fun snacker. Because my dad was a snacker. Okay. And he would buy all these like large things at Costco, which I didn't uh-huh. know about. But then they would be there like these tiny little brownies. Those little brownies were delicious. Or like huge bag of potato chips. Right. And like this all started after my mom passed away because my mom always thought Costco was a scam. Uh, anyway, she was like, why do we need to buy things that are so big? Right. All the time. So my dad was like, now I get to join Costco. So hmm wow so <laughs> your dad is like the spokesperson for costco oh my god oh my he god he won't shut up you tell him like yeah i don't like going to costco i feel oh. like i feel like the world is coming to an end and mm-hmm. we're all like trying to buy it's our groceries quickly. and everybody it's like it's like um uh what do you call that shit um bumper cars and anyway, i don't like it and you know it, it feels it feels apocalyptic yeah. in there like we're you know verging mm-hmm. on an apocalypse and then there's no bags there, I, you know what no I don't like it. Anyway, but yeah, so yeah, so I started developing this snacking habit within the past like eight years that I didn't have mm. and stress from my old job and my recent old job, like, you know, ballooning and ballooning because like I would eat a whole pizza or I would, you know, whatever. However, on on this diet, it's like there's not fruit, but the food is is good. Like it it it's um, you know, little to no carbs. I haven't had bread or rice or I don't know, high sugar fruit juice or whatever mm-hmm. in almost a month. And I feel like I have more energy. Um, Same. I've lost, I think, 11 or 12 pounds at this point. Um, and the food, like it, the food's fun to make. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's kind of, you know, and I can have cheese. We have cheese chips, people. You just slice your cheese and you well, put it in the oven. It's here's, wonderful. Here's a, here's an, ex- so I, since you said how much weight you've lost, I will also say how much weight oh. I've lost. I have lost 17 pounds and we've been doing it for the same amount of time, doing mm-hmm. it for three weeks. And I'm just, I have more fat to lose. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's why I've lost more weight than you. Um, but, uh, oh, so not, but, um, I wanted to, talk about meal meal planning because mm. i know that a lot of people have a problem with meal planning and i just wanted to give everyone um a list of the things we made this week for meal planning mm-hmm. so um i'm gonna talk about the stuff i made i guess because okay. so i made chicken nuggets jar incredible a pepperoni pizza and oh my god what else did i make i know i made other stuff I mean, we made the coleslaw together. We made a coleslaw. Um, you uh, made salmon. I made salmon twice, twice and I also because it was that good. Mm. And um, and mashed cauliflower, mm-hmm. which did not taste like mashed cauliflower. No. Like it was very I had some creamy. Today for lunch, and I still have leftover, and it's amazing. And the cute thing about this diet is that you can have as much fat as you want. So that means like tons of butter, mm-hmm. tons of cream cheese, like cheese, tons of cheese, cheese. period. Like pretty much everything. So I um I make these uh, sa- uh sausage and cheese hot pockets for They're breakfast. So good. And I so I make them in advance and the crust is basically made out of cheese. It's mm. like mostly cheese. Mm. So um that's what I made. Why don't you tell them what you made? Um well I like I said I helped with the coleslaw. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um I made a a roast beef in the oven. Um You made was, a roast beef two ways. I made a most well I made a roast and then I made a pot roast in the slow cooker uh-huh. and the pot roast in the slow cooker was so good. It had bell peppers and mushrooms, um, some onion, like a little onion because onions uh-huh. have a lot of carbs. Um, and this kind of like almost like a wine sauce, but there was no wine in it. And you just, Oh, and then you wrap the roast in bacon. Yeah. And then what you get is this amazing, like kind of like a smokehouse pot roast. Like it was amazing, and we had that with zoodles, yeah, which are zucchini noodles. If you haven't gotten yourself a spiralizer, go get one. Like you can do so much with it; it's amazing. Stir fries, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, I made that. I made oh, I made chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, that the like the batter is made with almond flour, beef gelatin. Uh, I mean, we can we can tell anyway, people yeah. we don't have to give them the ingredients, but but, but I, and I also made my I own just... chocolate chips. Which right. is fun. Um, uh, it has its moments. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like I made other things, but I don't remember because we were like trading on and off. Basically, so I think so. Oh, I made chicken salad. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Basically, my my point with bringing all of this stuff up is that I feel like typically when you talk about a diet, you feel deprived, mm-hmm. and we don't feel deprived at all. No. Like, think about all the stuff that we just talked about. It's all essentially mm-hmm. comfort food, food that's not considered to be mm-hmm. good. Um, I mean, the one, I guess, caveat, if I'm using that word properly, with my pepperoni pizza is that the crust was made from chicken. So, um, but it's such a mind fuck. It's a weird mind fuck, but like you kind of can't tell. No, because you basically you you grind up the chicken within an inch of its life in a food processor and make a like a chicken dough. Right. Like it's not shredded chicken. It is shredded chicken, well, but you put it in the food processor and it it turns into a ball of dough. Yeah, it's like ground. It, it it's like more than like past ground chicken. Whatever you you know like. It's shredded and then it's shredded after it's boiled and it basically like it closely resembles pizza dough. Pizza dough. Um, I need to I need to be a little more adventurous with the seasonings because I want it to taste more like pizza dough. Mm. And right now it kind of just tastes like chicken, which isn't terrible. Mm. Um, But like I said, I just I wanted to put it out there because I have been I feel like we both have struggled with diets. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time where we we literally were like, wow, this is super decadent. Every week, every week I get on the scale and I'm like, I definitely gained weight this week. Mm -hmm. I can totally tell. And um, yeah. And we also we made it through Bushwig without cheating, which was so. Yeah, we went with um, with these like Atkins bars, which you should not overdo. But they're good. Like, you know, at Bushwig where there were well, there were options for food. You know, it's like just pop a bar and you have the energy and, you know, um, sustenance. Especially at an event where we weren't really thinking because we were in drag and because we were working, we weren't thinking about eating necessarily. Although which always gets us in the end when we come home. Right. And we order a bunch of garbage. Right. Which well, which we technically did, but, but we didn't keto. It was all keto. It just wasn't it just wasn't good. What I found on this diet is that like I only want to eat what we make. Yeah. Even though there are times like I'm like we meal prepped this weekend, which is good because we didn't meal prep during Bushwig. And with me coming home much later than I normally do, Robert has been taking up the charge and doing most of the cooking, which has been very nice. Um, But, you know, it's like cooking every single night when you're busy like we are can be kind of stressful. Right. Um, And I was going somewhere with that. And I. Well, and that's the thing is, if you meal prep, if you basically like the week before you're going to start your diet, right? Because like, let's get real lazy about it. The week before you start your diet, start looking up recipes Mm -hmm. of things that you're not going to get tired of eating. And if you find like five or six different things, and don't forget about the side dishes, okay? Everyone forgets about the side dishes. Side dishes are super important. Mm -hmm. And I'm lucky that I love coleslaw because Mm -hmm. we can make a ton of it and I never get tired of it. spinach that like saw also not to get too personal but do not forget the vegetables because you will get constipated really quickly or or the other way around um, and it just i didn't have the other way around. oh well i've had the other way around my whole life and this is the first time that i'm like what happened <laughs> why is the factory closed like ew. um ew. <laughs> Ew. So disgusting. uh, (laughs) But like, make sure you have vegetables. Dino, if he still listens, is going to be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dino. Um, But um, yeah, make sure that you have vegetables in there. It's very important. Um, I recommend, I mean, like I said, I love coleslaw. Um, Shout out to Favi. I'm planning on making him a coleslaw because I know that he likes cabbage and I'm pretty sure he's here already. So like we should text him when Uh, we're done with this. Um, I feel like I've fallen into a black hole. um, (laughs) Favi from Latinos and Lunch. Shout out to Favi. I'm Abelito. Okay. Um, So uh, yeah, I'm lucky that I love coleslaw as much as I do Mm. and I never get tired of it and it's super easy to make. So um, although making mayonnaise is kind of annoying. Uh, So good. It has been good. It has been good. Um, but anyway, that's enough about keto. Um, if you if you're looking for a way of eating, because this is not like I keep calling it a diet, but we're kind of we're committed to this because there's like a whole flu moment that happens at the very beginning. But it was very brief for us, I think. It was brief, but it was rough. Yeah, because your body Ooh, is basically. We need to describe what happens. Is basically your body is switching from using. Uh, carbohydrates to using fats to fuel your body yeah based on on the way like the the modern diet is and with all the processed foods and stuff that there are um there's so many 
I think it's simple carbohydrates that are in everything. Yeah. Right. And so your body doesn't use, they just sit there. Right. You know, so there are, there are some carbs in this, but they're more complex carbohydrates and I'm, it's one or the other. I always forget which is which, but the majority of the carbs are from vegetables. Yeah. It's from like fiber and vegetables and you know, then you have your net carbs, which is like what you really want to track. Right. But anyway, but we've, um, I don't know. It's been, it's been really fun. And actually, thanks to um, that YouTube channel that you found called Keto Connect. Yeah. It's this couple who's, I guess they've been doing keto for like a year, year and a half. and Three years. Three years. Yeah. Um, they just got engaged. Aww. Or wait, they got engaged like six months ago. Just yeah. kidding. <laughs> um, anyway, they're they're like real about everything. Oh, yeah. And like... I, I love when they do these hauls where it's like, this is garbage and this is garbage and like, just make your own stuff. Like, my favorite you know. part about it is so there is an ice cream company that is not like, for some reason, they're not here in New York yet. And, um, it, but you can order them online. They're called Rebel Creamery. And Ooh. one of the things that they, that Keto Connect, that Matt from Keto Connect mentioned, he was like, you can tell that they're really into ice cream because they put the amount of net carbs in the whole pint on the front of oh, the pint instead of like how many, because, uh, Halo Top is, somewhat keto friendly but you can mm -hmm. only have like, like a quarter i think cup, it's a think. quarter it's a yeah. quarter of the whole pint this company is like we get how ice cream eaters eat especially with those small con the smaller containers like well they're not the smaller container they're like the regular size ben and like a ben and jerry size that's a pint. small container to me oh well that's um, a single serve on a weekend right and so they're keeping that in mind when they make their ice cream mm -hmm. and they're making it with ingredients so that like Ooh. a whole pint is like six net carbs mm -hmm. so but they're not here in new york yet we would have to order a case of ice cream in order to get it and i'm not that committed i can see i see the look on your face See, because the thing is this has been it's like the first weekend we were doing this um I think I was finishing up our Bushwick stuff. So I was like, you know, uh, you cook Robert. And every, like every hour he would come out of the kitchen with like a little plate of something. And I'm like, Ooh, this tasting menu is real cute. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of been a lot of fun is testing out stuff. Right. So, you know, it's like, does this work? Maybe tweak it a little bit, do this, do that. You know, so it's, it's, um, if, if you're not into cooking already, it will get you into it because you're going to want to find what you like. Right. And that's what's also a lot of fun. And if you don't want to feel deprived, you need to cook. Like mm -hmm. if there's no there's no like shortcut to it. No. You have to cook. Um and I what I was gonna say to you before you suggest us buying a case of this ice cream. I is mean that I just we should buy an ice cream maker because there are plenty of recipes for keto ice cream and it's very easy. I mean you've seen it's really mm -hmm. easy to make. Oh yeah we made this like coconut thing. we made limbe. Limbe shut up Robert <laughs> Robert makes fun of me. I'm I've never Rican. heard of limbe. Limbe so, is like a little frozen it, coconut. Shut up. It's okay. I believe you. I'm just saying it sounded the way you said it. I imagine like a little kid being like, let's do the limbe, 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 limbe. Like I'm imagining Your it childhood. being a dance. My childhood. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, imagine if we put the instead of like putting it in the little individual ice cube things and then having to grind the shit back mm -hmm. up ourselves when we're ready to eat it imagine if we had an ice cream maker and it just mm. you know churned it for us i mean i'm not crazy about another appliance but you know i know but i mean think of all the joy that our food processor has brought into our life yeah, i'm yeah. just saying um and i will leave you with that dear listeners mm. we're going to take a break when we come back we're going to talk about um we're going to talk quickly about belcalis versus Onika, a.k.a. Cardi B versus Nicki Minaj. Um, and then we're going to talk about Bushwick. So stick around. We'll be right back. Oh, hi, it's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the key key going. We're back. You um, we're gonna talk about this briefly because it's old. It's old, like, but let's it be real. Also, it it's was old. like it was like um 
not the theme of Bushwick, because that would be stupid to say, but like we didn't know what happened. So between- let's, let, let me paint a picture real quick. We walk into Bushwick. We're backstage, right? We're trying to like, I don't, for some reason, I felt very, um, I felt very, very disoriented when we first walked into Bushwick. It's because they changed where everything was for the most part. Like the stage area was different. Like, I don't know if that was what did it for me or what, but like, I just, I felt very, very disoriented when we first walked in. And I knew that like we were there to do interviews and like, okay, put together all of the equipment so that we can Mm -hmm. walk around and do the interviews. But I felt super disoriented that first day. And so in the middle of us putting our shit together, Reefy is like, oh my God, did you hear about Cardi B and and, uh, Cardi B trying to throw a shoe at Nicki Minaj? And we were like, what? So... I sort of feel bad getting like all excited and like giddy over this information, but it's like Nicki Minaj has been goading Cardi B for so long. I do not, I do not think violence is the answer. I want to make that very clear. You don't condone yourself. I do not condone violence. Um, but I think that we were all waiting for this. It was just such a gag because Reefy was like, wait, you haven't heard about this? And he's there in this like head to toe unicorn, like vintage Bicala look. I didn't, I didn't know Bicala actually moved to L.A. or California. Um, but he's like, yeah, this unicorn look with incredible punk hair. Yeah. Um, and he just like pulls it up on his phone. And he's like, OK, let's watch this. And just I was like, like the deliverer of good news. Yeah. And <laughs> I... So they were at the Harper's Bazaar, Harper Bazaar's icon party, which is hoity toity. And, you know, they were in Gantt. Like, this was like, you know, Krusty McCrusty's, you know, like this is fancy pants. You're in your dress up gown. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, I don't like to use this word, but this is like when, when ladies are ladies and gentlemen are gentlemen, you know, like, okay. you're, you know, you're not supposed to be throwing your shoes at one another so i will say i love that it happened at this event because i feel like the fact that a fight broke out at this event is the future of drag like we have (laughs) to we have to recognize that these are these are the people who are like the tastemakers in our Mm -hmm. industry and when one person is constantly like poking the other they're gonna respond Mm -hmm. it's really that simple it's like you have somebody like like Nicki minaj who's been doing this for a minute and should like her or her handlers or whatever it's like instead of bitching about not being number one and whining like that's pathetic okay just focus on doing your work that's it right so you should you should know better than to do things like liking certain comments and making certain comments that that were all kind of um not really veiled but you know like like famous people are going to recognize when other famous people like different comments. Like, do you know what I mean? Well, specifically, that's... specifically what made it visible was the fact that they were all comments on one of Cardi's posts. Exactly. But they were specifically comments calling her parenting into question. Exactly. So, you know, Cardi just, I, I mean, again, she has not been doing this that long. And so she still is very much. Um, also, I, can't wait for the day when Nicki Minaj becomes a mother because everything changes. I've never I will never be a mother, obviously. But I can tell you that I understand. I understand why Cardi mm-hmm. reacted the way she did, because when you become a mother, everything changes. Everything mm-hmm. changes. Yeah. And I'm, I guarantee you that that Nikki is going to offer the heartiest of heartfelt apologies to Cardi B the day she becomes a mother, because she's going to understand why she's going to be whining why her like birth wasn't, I don't know, trending whatever i don't know anyway i i just i love cardi b i know like it's violence is not the answer it's cliche to say that but it's like she was like i've had it i've had it right she just could not handle it anymore so she's like here's my shoe eat it right i just wish she'd had better aim (laughs) oh okay i'm just saying like if she had actually like if she'd actually made contact? Yeah, with this like enormous red pump. Like, can you imagine the melee? <gasps> I think the shoe did make contact with someone. It was a security guard. And there was a security guard that like like somebody hit... And hit Cardi. But also she was ready to fight because her earrings were off. Yeah. So Um I you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was a Nicki Minaj fan for a very long time. I'm not loving this current era. I don't love this new album. And I feel like 
a bit of a Benedict Arnold by being so much of a Cardi stan. But I love Cardi B so much. Um, Invasion of Privacy is like a mm. hundred thousand times better than Queen. And I'm kind of, it's weird. I, I sort of, I feel the same way I feel about the the French lessons where I'm like, I know, I know in my soul that I love Cardi more than I love Nicki Minaj right now, but I don't understand why. Like, I don't understand, like, I have so much history with all of Nicki Minaj's music. Why is it that I'm able to just, like, toss Because Nicki Minaj aside? is regressing. That's the problem. It's like she's, she's acting like a newbie. And it's, I guess you're right. It's, it's, it's an, like, About stop, that. like, whining. I mean, the album is, it's not the best. It's, it's not the best. It's not good. Don't, it's not don't good. Do that. I'm saying, it's like, I've good. listened to it, but I enjoy Cardi better because I feel like she, as a newer artist, is willing to take, take chances and do things that Nikki may not. Nikki may be burnt out. Who knows? Honestly, I don't care. It's just like, settle your bullshit, you know, and I stop, agree. and stop being petty. Cause it's like, some shit like this could happen again. The thing about it is, so um, to dr- to draw a little bit of a parallel, so Meek Mill and Drake were having a little bit of a, a feud, and that resulted in a bunch of music that came out from both of them. And so uh, I think the same day that the fight between Cardi and Nicki happened, Meek Mill and Drake like put posted photos on their Instagrams showing that they made up, basically. Um, and I think that they could, I mean... I think that they could take a page out of this mm-hmm. moment and just put put it all aside. I mean, I was really, really, really hoping for that first week after this happened that this was publicity for a single. Can you imagine if that, like, not on Cardi's head was just a prosthetic? Like, they were like, hold on, hold on, real quick. No, Cardi, Cardi would have, Cardi would have gotten the knot on, like, she would have gotten a knot on purpose. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I just, I just think that, like, she's committed. She's committed she's to the, actor. um, she's committed to the oh, character. Oh, no, method. She's very method. She's very method. Um, yeah, but, uh, I don't know. I just, I hope that they make up. I really, I, like I said, I don't know what the song would have sounded like. Uh, but I was really hoping for a collaborative single. It would have been interesting. And you know what? I mean, to point you in the direction of of two people who broke this down even better than we ever could, um, The Reed did an excellent, like, I forget what the, I don't know what the word is, but like an excellent unpacking of this event mm. um, on their most, well, at this point, it'll be the penultimate episode is that the right word yes um so and my favorite part of the whole thing is that crystal compared it to when she would fight with her younger brother and her mom would say to her he's three and so she would say to nikki cardi is three like you are so much older in terms of how long you've been in the music industry Mm -hmm. that you should know better yeah she should she should know better not to not to like put one above the other or whatever but like she should know better it takes two people. Yes, and of this course. Was, this was a, a reaction to something. She should know better, and Cardi should really think about what she's jeopardizing when she does stuff like this. They just need to glue on her shoes. Because, like, you have a daughter that I'm sure that you love more than anything you've, any love you've ever mm-hmm. felt in your life, and you need to think about that. Like, you really, really, really need to think about that before you do stuff yeah. like this. Shit like this so. could just sink her career. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so, um, that was how we started Bushwig. So let's talk about Bushwig. (laughs) Those are the opening ceremonies. (laughs) Bushwig this year was literally the best ever. It has never been so packed, so big, so crowded, so amazing. Yeah. Like it was, there was so much. Yeah. Like, where do we even start? Well, um, let's talk about the numbers that we enjoyed. Well, my, well, my favorite. Okay. My favorite kind of in an emotional way was our good Judy, Lady Quesadilla's number, Uh um, which literally had me like sobbing. So Quesa last year at Bushwig, um, came out as HIV positive to the entire audience. Yep. Um, and then this year she, she's had a lot of shit happen to her this year. And, in this past year, lost a job, found another one at The Door, which is a great organization. Mm-hmm. And these kids who she used to mentor at another place and her have basically formed a drag house. Yeah. Called the House Gem, which is named after Jose Esteban Munoz, who's a, a theorist in um, queer performance art and very famous. Um, and who Kesa kind of lives her, her life by. Like, yeah. his, you know, the tenants of Gem. Yeah. And she... I, I can't even like put into words what she does because she is 
this like ball of like love and light and like uh, like courage even though that's kind of like you know cheap to say but she just like soldiers on yeah you know and she got on stage in this gorgeous dress that one of her mentees made her by the way really yeah one of her mentees who wasn't who's not doing drag but made her this gorgeous um kind of like vita bohem looking dress yeah she got on stage this whole speech and then introduced these five baby drag performers Mm -hmm. and they were you know every every type of drag you could think of um one and i love how she said uh her name was melody not melody don't worry about anyway she's i love how she was like she's giving me her consent and she's a trans man who's drag and i love that she has also embraced that diversity in her drag house and then they did this incredible number um and uh, yeah it just She's she's like see, she's like the heart of Bushwick in many ways because she's always there, has always been there, um, and they always save her a spot, like a good spot. Yeah. And this year she got ten minutes, like toward the end of the night, and that's a big deal. Yeah. To me, her number was her giving birth to. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like her giving birth, and the soundtrack was Sylvester's mm-hmm. "Mighty Real." So it was yeah. like it was just like it was a perfect moment of queerness, mm-hmm. and I really. You know, it's funny. We didn't really talk to a lot of the kids. Like we talked to them a little bit while we were backstage. But I really, I felt almost like an ownership, a a, a moment of pride for them mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, you're all like you're being released out into the wild, and I, I, I sort of wanted them to understand mm-hmm. that if they ever needed anything, that they could call on their aunties. Well, I mean, then Kesa kind of was like, these are your aunties. Yeah, you must respect them. Literally, and teaching them how to pin their wigs, how to do this, how to do that. You know, not um, like actually giving them resources to pursue this art form. Right. You know, and and it just it really just like filled my heart with yeah. joy. Um, it was beautiful. I don't know. It's like like I don't know what she's gonna do next year, but yeah. Damn. Um, Miss Jade fisted some, fingered someone. What are we calling it? Uh, I, <laughs> the hand disappeared for a minute. Uh huh. But I don't. I mean, it was a glove within th- a glove. I think that the original idea was to fist someone on mm-hmm. stage. Um, and it was just very, very funny because, like, so everybody knows Miss Jade's performance style. She comes out, she is like lots of choreo, and it's high energy and all this stuff, and very like dance heavy. Mm-hmm. So this year, she comes out to uh, Jules' hands which is a very slow song and she's just sort of walking around the stage and um and then toward the middle of the song um her friend comes out and gets on all fours and she kneels behind him and starts fi- starts fingering him and it just to me the idea behind it is like it just it was so funny it was such a funny concept and i did not see it was it. so funny to see miss jade doing to no. see jade, like no. the like the song choice and then funny in that i was like wow. we did not expect it to mm-hmm. take that turn at all she told us she's like it's gonna be different yeah <laughs> Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, girl. That's very accurate. Um, but it was very entertaining and I thought it was really good. And she pulled out a rosary. A rosary. A pearl, pearl, ne- pearl, a pearl, pearl rosary, rosary at the end, um, which is genius. And then picked him up like a baby yeah. and just walked off stage. And it was just <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It was great. She hid that rosary inside of one of her gloves. I know that. That's why are you telling? Why think, are you telling the audience that? Because it was so cool. A magician should never no. reveal their secrets, there and you just, without consent, you've re- revealed the secrets of well, Miss Jade. They're not going to find the clip. So okay. Well, um, I also really enjoyed Horachada's number. Oh, I know Horachada. I think it was the. Um, I think what she did was it was the medley from the Texas Astrodome performance that Selena did. Oh, damn. If I'm not mistaken. I... Oh, as soon as as soon as the fucking the first note came out, I was like, oh, bitch. Like, I was just like, yeah, I also I, I haven't seen Horachata perform very often. Like, I just, you know, have not seen many of her performances. And yeah. we, we were talking about that when we interviewed her um, a few a few weeks ago. And she said, you know, how she's excited to get back into performing more because she's, you know, kind of 
you know, Bushwick was coming, you know, all that. And uh-huh. so to see her do this medley in the, you know, like purple jumpsuit, like yeah. it with the Selena scrawled across the the um, screen behind her. You know, after all the all the hullabaloo about her being able to like use the signature for an event she was throwing, and I'm like, look, it's twenty feet tall. Like, yeah. see, she did it. Yeah. Um, and then she brought out Kesa in gender role to do like to be her backup dancers. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was great. It was amazing. Um, I'm surprised that you didn't, well, you don't, you don't notice stuff like that. Like I do, but, um, you've, have you never seen the opening sequence of the movie Selena? I mean, I have, but where it's literally like she's performing in the Astrodome, the lights go down and there's just this this, like dome that like comes on. And it's like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, Oh shit. I was just like, no, I'm so excited about it. Um, it was a good performance. That means we should probably watch Selena again. No, I'm... Um, or at least the the video of mm. the performance at the Astrodome. Mm. Mm. Just a little thought. Mm. Um, I what see else? that we're supposed to give uh, shout-outs. I can't remember why, but... To... Um... Well, um, oh, I mean... Let's... Uh, well, I don't have a shout-out. I have a, um, a request. Uh-huh. So, Serenity did this performance of... Oh, I forgot about oh, that. Why can I never remember the song? It's... Um, uh, side to side, side to side, side to side, <laughs> and by page, Ariana Grande, by Ariana Grande featuring Nicki Minaj. Yep, and she brought three exercise bikes with her on stage to do the song. We of course missed it because we were doing interviews and walked past the bicycle and did not know what was going on. So yep. we also cannot find this performance anywhere. I've only found snippets on Ser- on Serena T's Instagram. Ugh. So if anybody has a video, post it on YouTube or direct us toward it because I would love. To. So in the videos that I saw, you can clearly see Cameron Cole at the end of the runway, per- mm. like filming it. So I'm pretty sure that it will so. appear. And if not. We can probably just message him and yeah. be like, hey, post yeah. that. There were just so many good performances. I mean, yeah. I would say shout outs to everybody who, you know, granted us an interview as busy as they were. Yes. Which you'll see in, in a week or so. Yes. Um, actually, I would give a big shout out to Ari Kiki for yes. for like letting us use her as our uh, food correspondent mm-hmm. um, and dragging her around before her number. Um, that was a lot of fun, and yeah, I mean, so many others, but particularly Ari, because she really put up with us. Yeah, and also, shout out to AJ from Witch House PR, mm-hmm. uh, Chata, obviously, mm-hmm. and Babes yeah. for doing this event. I mean, they all, they're the reason we were there, mm-hmm. because they yeah. they make this... You know, they created this magical event that we love so much and we are just we're grateful that we get to be there and we get to talk to everybody and and document it. Yeah. At least behind the scenes. Yeah. I I mean, I I will be honest. I forget that we're documenting it. And I'm just like, I'm just happy that as a person who is alive Mm -hmm. in 2018, that I'm here, that I'm in this room right now. We also get to meet Queens at, at Bushwick that it's like. It's, you know, when I, when we interviewed Horachad, I said it's like the Met Gala wishes or whatever, you know, but it is kind of like the drag party of the year because. Well, when I interviewed Dieter Ritz, she likened it to the VMAs. Yeah. It's like. But she's right. If you do drag in New York, well, if you do drag in New York or anywhere, like Bushwick is on everybody's radar right now. It's gone international. Yeah. It's gone national. You know, like it, it is this thing that's kind of like ballooned. Yeah. You know, and so it wouldn't feel right if we didn't go to Bushwick. And they've been so kind as to invite us, literally invite us to cover it every year now for I think four or five years or four years maybe. It's like four years. So yeah. it's um it's something that we look forward to and are also very thankful for. Yeah. So also a big shout out to our podcast sister. Uh, Johnny from All Right Mary yes. and his boyfriend Chris, who we got to see briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really bummed that we didn't get to do an interview with Johnny, mm-hmm. but it was a like bit of a madhouse it, that night. It was, and I I hope that I so I have an idea. And Johnny, if you're listening, I have an idea for a video project that I think I shared with you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about it right now, but um, I think I told you. I'm talking to Daniel Maybe right now about it. Um, you clearly don't remember it because it's a good idea. But anyway, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm not doing my memory Actually, I had two ideas. I had two ideas. One that I told you about and one that I just thought about. So we'll see if either of them come true. But it's going to be fun. Um, so we're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Chucky. 
So stick around. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing, and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. Shipping is free and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com slash kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com slash kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle. We're back. And we saw some movies. We did. Just a few. Mm. Some good, some bad, some you should never watch. Um, let's start with the last one on this list first, because it's the the, the least mm-hmm. so celebrated. This past weekend, I think it was, anyway, we watched 47 Meters Down, because when we interviewed Miss Toto, she talked about um, how, you know, she talk, basically talked about how she went to the movies with a friend of hers, and who's also a marine science researcher like Uh she is and they tag sharks together and she was like it's incredible how many things they got wrong and so we just watched it for shits and giggles and it was just as bad well she's what she said to be fair what she said was that it's interesting how many things movies in general get wrong but that this movie was pretty accurate and (laughs) that this movie was pretty accurate the one thing that she mentioned is that like at one point they're like there's a moment that happens in the movie it turns out to not even be real it turns out to be a hallucination so it doesn't even matter but that was the moment where the inaccuracy happened Mm. um and so the, but the real reason, I mean, I was curious to see the moment that Toto was talking about when we interviewed her. But the real reason that we watched 47 Meters Down was because I wanted to watch The Meg, but we couldn't go to the movies and there weren't any good bootlegs available. So what? we don't watch movies. We don't watch bootlegs. What? Um, so, yeah. So we ended up 47 Meters Down is on Netflix and it's pretty terrible. I'll it be just- very honest with you. The actresses are annoying. the The story is paper. Th- I mean, thinner than paper possible. It just right. it it's not. Um, it's it's like, not an. En- it is not an enjoyable movie. It's like when you're so like imagine you're making dinner at a friend's house, right? And you have planned to make pasta the whole time, and it's been like pasta. We're only making pasta, and then all of a sudden they're like, you know, I have some shrimp in the freezer, and it's like what. That's how I felt about the divorce storyline that was like slowly shoehorned in there. It was like, oh my God, I forgot about it. And you kept forgetting about it because they didn't pay enough attention to it. You got divorced. Let's go on vacation. And like, why are you texting your ex husband while you're on vacation? Like, there's just so many questions. But um, I thought it was really interesting that. So the movie app actually did really well. It was one of the best. um, It was one of the uh, best indie films in terms of like box office, whatever last year for 2017 and they're making a sequel called 48 meters down <laughs> how do you get any lower i guess they'll well, have I to hope dig toto goes see it and tells us so we don't apparently in the sequel it's about um there are like underwater ruins that someone wants to explore and so that's what they end up doing that sounds more entertaining um... That sounds way more and that's entertaining. That's why I watched that terrible movie, The Ruins, about the plants. Oh God, where the where the plants could mimic people's fucking cell phone ringtones. Yeah, and like get out of here, make you scratch your body. Anyway, it's it, it's kind of a disgusting movie. Yeah, but I yeah. Um. So yeah, I I just I also thought it was interesting. The movie was made on a five million dollar budget, so that explains why everyone had like a weird haze around them whenever they were underwater. Oh, because they were actually in front of a green screen, but like mm-hmm. really obviously in front of a green screen. So, um, yeah, I mean, I will be honest. It was it was a lot of gore mm-hmm. in the movie when things did happen. Um, so, yeah, but um, not the greatest. Do we want to keep moving up from up from down? <laughs> no, let's end with the middle. OK, so um, I 
Oh, so again, not to shout out the read more than once on an episode, but they are my favorite podcast. Um, the read was or Crystal and Kid Fury were talking about the movie Child's Play and how they had seen it when they were younger and it scarred them. And I, mm-hmm. and I, well, it scarred I was, me. It scarred you. So I was thinking about it during the, while I was listening to their episode, and I just I was like, I watched that movie as an not an, as an adult, but as a teenager, and I remember being like, this movie's boring. Like, why is this movie so bad? So I decided that I was going to give it another chance. And so I watched it on Friday by myself before Daniel got home because I knew, I knew, I was like, I'm going to have to sell this really hard to him. So I'm just going to watch it myself. Can I tell my story very quickly? So Child's Play, when it came out, and then I think made it to TV. I can't because I came out. I was I was like four or five when it came out. So yeah. I don't remember a lot. But I remember I was petrified of it. it. Like the idea of a doll doing all that shit really scared me. Um, Kind of along the same lines as I was really I'm still very afraid of clowns. But uh, I so Chucky came out. My downstairs neighbor who had just moved to this country, like we all became friendly. So she found out it was my birthday and went to the video store to get me a present and wrapped it. And all she saw was that it said child's play. So she thought it was a movie for kids. And so I opened it and again, I had already like seen parts of the movie on on TV, but like I freaked out. It had to be thrown out. Like I felt so bad for her because she was, you know, meant it with all the best of intentions. But then later that year she killed my hamster. She had seen a hamster before in this case. So anyway. Wow, this lady sounds like a monster. She was very sweet, but she was very <laughs> new to this country and barely spoke English and, you know, whatever. Um, but I was so scared of Chuck that I hid my Cabbage Patch doll under my, well, inside of like cabinet under my bed because for one of my birthdays or something, my parents had gotten me a baseball player Cabbage Patch doll that had like, you know, like a Yankees uniform or something and uh-huh. it had curly red hair. Oh. Yeah, right? That's weird because... Cabbage Patch dolls are really adorable. Like they're really adorable and they smell good. They do, but it so was kind of disarming. It had, it had red hair and it was, you know, Chucky head hair. And it's weird because I love redheads. But anyway, so maybe it's all connected. I took off his uniform and put it in my drawer and then put him under the bed because I thought, like, my five year old mind was like, there, I fixed. If he's naked, he's going to be too scared to like come out and get me because, like, you know. Like, I don't want to run kid. So, yeah, that's so, how, I, that's how I, I solved my cursed doll problem that I thought I had was I stripped the doll naked and separated it from his clothing. <laughs> wow. You realize that. So the premise of the movie is that it's a serial killer in, inhabits the body of a child's toy. Good guy doll. Chucky is not afraid of being naked, for sure. Okay, this was five-year-old logic, and I Got it, it. I thought it worked. And my mother was like, when she also, was like cleaning, I was like, what the hell is, wait, what? Where's the rest of your doll? And I was like, well, anyway, when I explained it to her, she was like, okay. <laughs> I feel like there were a lot of things you did as a child that your mom was like, what? Uh, 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 like... <laughs> I mean, I was like obsessive. I mean, you're still obsessive was, as an adult. Yeah, so. There's a there's a really scary clown movie on Netflix that I want to watch, and Daniel just won't. You thought there was a clown behind you, didn't you? Because I didn't even finish yes, my fucking sentence. You made me slap the table. I hate you. Do you know? Wait, I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast, but there was one year yes, you that have told the story. I have. Yes. So there was one year that Daniel thought I hired a clown. Because there was a, a clown for hire that you could you you could pay him to follow someone for their birthday and they would basically just like lurk across the street at all times. And then on your birthday, they would like get you and then they would just like throw up high in your face and wish you a happy birthday. But it was like it was meant to scare you. And so it was this thing where it was like it took place over the course of the week leading up to your birthday. And so Daniel thought that I had hired a clown to stalk him but we don't have to worry about the storage you got on drugs so wow she have to do that anymore. yeah took her right out of the system mm-hmm. um, I mean, you really got me with that one i kind of mm. you really believed it and I you really were did. and it was scarier in your mind i think mm-hmm. than it could ever be in real life which is crazy a, the thought of like a like the thought of a surprise parties me out like i never ever ever want to walk in, into a room now and have a bunch of people scream happy birthday and i'm not expecting that will what be the day if, i die what would happen, do you think, if I threw you a surprise party and twist everyone dressed up like a clown? I would divorce you. And then twist, the power went out. Nope. <laughs> 
You're just you're not helping yourself. Here. <gasps> this sounds like a great idea. I'm going to talk to Pissy. Dare. Pissy is no, the one. No, because she's going to do the makeup. Yes, no. she is. Stop it. You were so when she did the the scary clown makeup at DragCon, you were so like nervous to stand near her. It was so funny. Well, and then <laughs> she's so stupid. I love her so much, but like then she would do this thing where she would just be like, doo, 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 doo. I mean, it was much. Yeah, because she's trying to disarm you. It was less scary without the like, teeth, I have to say. Oh, my God. Because when she has like the the teeth in. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those teeth are, are horrifying. But That's I get it. But then it then it like all goes away when she starts talking. Yeah. Because it's like because she can't really talk with them. Yeah. Um. So I so after watching Child's Play, I I'm and. I thought that I had missed something because I'd only ever seen it when it was aired on television. So I watched it and it's full uncut, whatever bullshit. And, um, and it was bad just like I thought. And, um, and I, I know that this is going to sound stupid, but so terribly implausible that I was just like, how does anyone find this scary? It is so, so, and I'm not talking about the doll being, uh, possessed by a serial killer. I'm talking about how he killed people. Like the first person that dies in the movie is literally like scared to the point where she falls out of a window. And I'm like, okay, okay, Joan, like, let's try it again. Um, so anyway, I then did all of this research to be like, okay, which one of these is the best one? And I found out that the, um, the two most recent sequels mm -hmm. are the best in the entire franchise. And those are Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky. I mean, I liked Curse. Curse of Chucky was good. And mind you, I wasn't very scared of the doll anymore. I was just like, oh, God, that's how did it? Like, yeah, I because there's this one scene in Cult of Chucky. Because, OK, so Curse of Chucky was really good and really fucked up. And yeah. I enjoyed it. Cult of Chucky was very good, but there was too much going on. Like, there are multiple Chucky. Oh, in yeah. In Cult of Chucky. Like, OK, but it becomes comical at a certain point. Like it's yeah. just, there's too much going on. But that one scene with the woman on the table with the, with the, yep. um, that was, that was amazing. It, the effects could have been a little better, but that, that's a way to go. Like that was crazy. Like they yeah. explored, it's like in Cult of Chucky, they threw in every way that they wanted somebody to die. Every pun, every fucked up concept they brought Jennifer Tilly back and she looked amazing. Yes. Like her shoes were a character in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was too much going on. It could have done with a little less and a little more story. Yeah. In Cult of Chucky. But I kind of just became funny at a certain point. Cause like, yeah, he's just so Chucky is just really fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it made me, um, it, it made me want to watch Bride of Chucky, mm -hmm. which was the first, of this like franchise. It was mm -hmm. the first movie that I'd actually seen. Mm -hmm. And then I went back and watched the first one and I've never seen two or three and I don't, I have no intention. What I love. And I don't know if you caught this detail in cult of Chucky was that guy, Malcolm, the guy who has, it's not called multiple. I think it's called the dis redhead disassociative personality disorder. I think is what it's called. I okay. can't remember how he felt left out. So he, in like, he pretended like he had been, um, possessed by Chucky. Oh, really? Yeah, because he he wanted to his right before they killed him. He was like, I just wanted to like be important or something. It was just very strange because he was like, I'm Charles, and it's like, yeah, but Chucky always says, but everybody calls him, but my friends call him Chucky or right. something, right? And that was like when he got, you know, like um, one of the possessed dolls or people figured out, oh, yeah, you're not, you're not Chucky. Whack. Oh. But I thought that was kind of funny. Like, he wanted to be included so much that he invented. Right. Like, this wasn't part of his disorder. It was very human mm -hmm. of him. Right. Um, I guess I fell asleep toward the end of this movie because I don't remember that part. Um, but, uh, yeah, I could probably just watch the ending. They're okay. I mean, they're, you know, they're fun. I was surprised that they had like over 80% freshness on, on Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes. I was yeah. really surprised. That's part of the reason why I suggest, mm -hmm. I was so like, let's watch these. Yeah. And then, if you're looking for a palate cleanser, yes, you can watch uh, To All the Boys I Loved Before on Netflix, which is really cute. Um, it's about this teenage girl who 
I think she's about 16 in the movie or something like that. But yeah. over the course of her life, she's like fallen for several boys, like five in particular. Yeah. And so because she she kind of lives in a fantasy world because like her, you know, her mom passed away when she was younger and so on and so forth. So she instead of making a move, she writes a full blown love letter addresses it and everything to this to each guy Mm -hmm. and then at one point her sister her younger sister who's just like tired of her being a spinster for lack of a better word mail stamps them and mails them yeah and then hilarity ensues right um with all these guys getting her letters it was Um, actually a really cute movie it was very cute it was it wasn't saccharine or sappy it was like wow how's she gonna fix this problem and the lead girl is korean Right? Uh yeah, I think they're 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 supposed to be Korean American. Yeah. yeah. So not, you know, mm-hmm. not led by a bunch of well, there were a bunch yeah. of white people in it, but like Um but it's also kind of a diverse cast. Yeah. As well. Um the acting's good. Uh the little sister is amazing. Yeah. Kimmy. Kim? Kitty. 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 Kitty is Kitty is Robert <laughs> through and through. Um yeah, it was a nice palate cleanser after like the horror movies. It was just sweet. Yeah. It was really nice. So go watch it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think you have something that you want to mention. Oh my God. So I, um, I'm listening second, which I wasn't sure if I was going to do another one, but, um, I don't have a lot of time to like read. So it's easier to listen to something. So I am now listening to, um, Aaron Gibson from the Throwing Shade podcasts, um, book. I I don't know if it's like a memoir or anything, but it's her audiobook. Her audiobook. And it's entitled Feminasty, the complicated woman's guide to surviving the patriarchy without drinking herself to death. And I have been so excited for this because she'd been posting, you know, like, um, outtakes from the photo shoot and it's so good. It's just, she has such a, um, she's so witty and so smart with how she uses comedy to like talk about stories and incidents that aren't funny yeah at their core um the book is like a whole attack on mike pence which i love um and hearing her hearing her you know basically read the book is very interesting for me so like if you've Mm. ever listened to the to the throwing shape podcast she does it with this um guy named uh, brian safi and i never hear them apart from one another yeah but she's she's her own brand of like absurdist humor and he's his own and i appreciate them but i love i love this just her talking about her family and how you should never trust a woman who wears a chunky necklace (laughs) (laughs) like there it's it's just so good and she's kind of angry in the book like when she's when she's uh in the audiobook, it's like this, um, like, I mean, you know how Eric, like, speaks when she's... Yeah, that's how she talks yeah, on the podcast. But, like, hearing her isolated is a very interesting hmm. And I kind of, it, it makes me wish that Brian Safi would do a thing of his own, too, because I would like them as, haha, bookend. Um, I guess. But I'm about in, it's about a six-hour-long audiobook, and about I'm about an hour in, and it's incredibly interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm. download it. I mean, I bought the hardcover anyway, um, because I like it. But mm-hmm. it's it's really good. It's amazing. Cool. Yeah. I haven't had time to do an audiobook lately because I'm busy editing, producing all this content yes. for YouTube. Um. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing. Um. So that brings us to the end of our episode. We wanted to remind you all that we are going to be at New York DragCon again with our good Judy, Miss Jiggly Caliente. Um, her booth number is 1201. Is that it? 1201? Yeah. Oh, so we're going to be at booth 1201. <laughs> Whoopsies. Um, so come to the Jacob Javits Center on September 28th, 29th, and 30th. That's next weekend, guys. Mm-hmm. So, I'll be there on the weekend. Yes. And I will be there by my lonesome. Mm-hmm. Well, not by my I'm lonesome. Very I'm going to be there with Jiggly. I'm going to be there with Jiggly. Hopefully I'm going to have lots of energy. I want to bring a gigantic speaker and just like dance the whole weekend. Um, that's the goal. So we'll see if that happens. <laughs> We're Grizzly Kiki on everything. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so you can follow us there. Send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com, and maybe we'll read yours on the air. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll We'll see see you next Friday. Friday. Maybe even at Dragon. Bye.